the last book I wrote, the, the Zero In Formula, is about customer-centric innovation. Let's start with understanding our customers. And now let's use some innovation principles to see what new ideas can we come up with now that we have this customer point of view. You're listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm Steve Gordon. For the first five years, this podcast was known as the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. The episode you're about to hear uses that name, but don't worry, you're in the right place. Same great content, new name. Enjoy. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we've got a dynamite interview. I've been looking forward to this now for uh, the last few weeks since we got him on the books. And uh, my guest today is Dennis Geelan. He is the director of CX at Cashflow Tribe, the founder of Zero In, and he's the author of the best-selling book, The Zero In Formula. As a customer experience and innovation consultant, author, and a speaker, uh, Dennis's mission is to help as many businesses uh, become customer-centric and innovative as possible. And this is a really good time for that because I think we're heading into some potentially challenging economic uh, waters and you better have your customer experience together and you better be innovating as you go into that. So timely interview. Dennis, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. Happy to be here. Yeah. So give us kind of a a little bit deeper uh, look at how you got to the stage of your career. Oh boy. Yeah. Where do I start? Um, well, I guess uh, really I, I short version is I, I fell into it. Uh, long version is I spent 20 plus years in the corporate world wearing a few different senior leadership hats until for the first time ever, in my early 40s, I found myself unemployed, was let go, and uh, never happened to me before, was not prepared. Big shock to the system, but also a great turning point, a great fork in the road, I guess you could say. I, I, I got two choices. I could jump right back into the comfortable. I, you know, I got a nice severance package, but boy, I could just find another job next month and be right back in doing what I was doing, or I'm 43 at that point. Maybe I could do something different. Maybe I could start my own thing. I always wanted to do some consulting. Always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was very risk averse in my life leading up to that point. But I was like, well, maybe the universe is telling me something here. And now's, now's my chance. So that's when I went for it and uh, decided to start zero in, got into the consulting, got into the writing and uh, the rest is history, I guess, as you say. So you're you've got one book that that did very very well. You're you're writing a second. Um, you're you're working with Cashflow Tribe. Tell yep. us a little bit about. Let's start with Cashflow Tribe. Tell us a little bit about that, the work you're doing there, sure, and who you're helping. Yeah. So I guess uh, just to back up a little bit, then um, I started Zero In prior to the pandemic, to late 2018, and never had done anything on my own before, never had started a company, found out I had all kinds of stuff I needed to learn about sales and marketing. You don't just create a website and announce to the world you're a consultant and have people knocking at your door, to my surprise. <laughs> um, so it took me a while to figure things out and, and learn quite a bit. And I was getting, you know, getting it. I was I was figuring this thing out. I was starting to be successful at, at getting clients and working with clients and, and everything was going great. 
And then I don't know if you heard of it, but this thing called COVID came around. <laughs> well, that changed everything. Had to completely change what I was doing and how I was doing it and how I was working. So a lot more to figure out. Long story short, by the time I got through the middle of 2021, I was quite burnt out. Successful by all standards, you know, built a company, getting clients, doing great work. But man, was I lonely. Man, was I exhausted. And I just felt at that point, I think I, I miss being part of a team. You know, for, for years there, I was a solopreneur and it was exhausting. So I, luckily I found an opportunity to come on at a company called Cashflow Tribe as the director of customer experience. Uh, Cashflow Tribe is a, a company that helps entrepreneurs either start from scratch or scale, mostly uh, starting in the, in the real estate investing side. That's, that's how Cashflow Tribe got started. But now we've, we've morphed into lots of other things. You want, you want to learn how to start your own podcast. You want to learn how to write books. You want to learn how to consult. Um, our bread and butter is still real estate, but there's several different ways to create cash flow, right? So my job there is to make sure that whoever we work with, whether that's at live events, whether that's through online training they get from us, that they're getting the best customer experience as possible. So it, it's an interesting model. And I see more and more people doing this these days where they're on a team for a, a percentage of their time. And then they're very entrepreneurial in the other, you know, the, the remaining percentage of their time. Yeah. I wouldn't classify that as a side hustle. A lot of people talk about a side hustle, but really what you're talking about is almost a, an executive for hire. And, you know, yeah. in addition to, to what you're doing on your own, has yeah. it been challenging to balance those two roles? Uh, at, at times, I mean, uh, I do three days a week for Cashflow Tribe. And there's times where, man, I wish I had more time uh, on the consulting side because my, my clients are asking for more. And then there's times where, man, I wish I had more time on the cash flow side tribe because there's more I can do in a week to really help get us going. So balancing that and learning how to manage my time is, is tricky, but boy, is it ever given me the best of both worlds, right? I still have my foot in the corporate door so that I'm seeing what's actually going on in corporations. And I'm part of that. So now when I'm working with organizations, because I work with uh, medium-sized businesses, typically through zero in, I, I can relate. It's not like, Hey, I'm, you know, I used to do that 10 years ago. It's, Hey, I'm still doing that. And here's what I'm seeing. And here's how I can help. Right. So mm -hmm. I would imagine that that kind of in the trenches experience over the last two years, as we've gone through so much rapid and dramatic change has been a real asset to have. Huge. Yeah. This, I'm doing a consulting engagement right now through zero in, and, and that's exactly it. They're, they're dealing with, okay, everybody's kind of coming back into the office and we're coming off this work from home thing. We've got all these things we got to figure out. I can relate. I, I've been there. I'm doing it at the same time as well. So here, let's put a plan in place. So as you're working with, with your clients or on, on the other side with um, Cashflow Tribe, to develop an approach for customer experience, break it down for us. What are some of the first things that you look for when you're looking to improve the customer experience? Yeah. First and foremost, the, the, the number one priority is talking to and understanding your customers. 
And those are two different things. And those are two things that you can do or you can do well. There's lots of companies I've worked with where like, oh yeah, we talk to our customers all the time. And when I dig in, it's like, well, they do a survey and they ask them, what can we be doing better? Well, that's not really what I mean when I say talk to your customers. It's who are your customers? What, what challenges are they really feeling? Why did they decide to look for a solution to that challenge? What led them to that? And where did they go to look? How did they come across you? Why did they choose you? You know, it's more of the psychology of your customer rather than trying to get some quick feedback from them about your product or service. That's a whole different thing. So talking to and understanding your customers is where it has to start. And everything should then revolve around that. Now you're going to get a much better idea of, well, who are these people? You know, how do they think? How do they act? What is, what's going on in their lives to cause them to need the solution that we have? And that is now just going to permeate into your marketing. It's going to permeate into your sales, into your operations, because you're building your company around your customer. That's, that's customer centric. Seems obvious, right? But I would imagine that you, you would tell us maybe a minority of companies do it. I, I think in the beginning, a lot of companies are good at this, right? When you, when you first start, it's because you're observant. You start a company because you notice there's a, there's a challenge. You notice there's a gap and I, I have the solution for it. And you're good at talking to people and understanding that and iterating and, and getting better at building out your, your product. But then a lot of companies get to a certain point where instead of being outward focused, they start to become a lot more inward focused. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to have an inward focus. You want good processes. You want to have a good handle on your expenses. You want to have good goals and KPIs. The problem is when that's all you focus on and you lose that outward focus. And that's where I come in. It's let's get you back to what got you started in the first place. Let's understand those customers. They're changing over time. You need to change with them rather than this is the way we do it around here. How is our customer doing it now? How are they thinking now? And let's inject that back into your company. So how do you go and, and have those conversations? Are you talking about literal conversations? Are these typically fairly structured conversations? How do you facilitate having that kind yeah. of dialogue? That, that's the best way. And um, you want it to come across as an unstructured conversation, but you have a goal and you have a set of standard things you're looking for, right? And it's mostly those things I was mentioning off the top. What led you to this? Why did you come here? Why did you choose us? Um, what challenges did you have looking for a solution to your problem? Why, did, why was our solution better than the other ones you looked at? Um, you know, all those different types of things, but you want it to be more of a casual conversation so they don't feel like they're being interrogated or surveyed and more authentic things come out of it. But that's really what you're looking for in the background. And once you've got that information, what process do you take it through to, to turn that into an improved experience? Well, you, you really want to make sure you're getting a, a good variety of um, sources, right? So let's just not go out and talk to one or two customers and think that's it, right? Because you could be talking to some outliers. Let's talk to 10 to 15 customers. Let's talk to some that have been with this company for 10 years to some that have just joined up. 
Maybe they've got very different perspectives. Maybe they've got different things to tell us. So let's get a variety of sources and then let's aggregate it and see what it's telling us. What story is being told here? Maybe we have a couple of different customer segments that we need to treat differently. Um, maybe there's uh, different reasons why people would need our solution and we need to market differently to those different challenges that they're having. But what are the stories we're hearing from this customer discussions that we're having? And once you kind of get those, those conclusions in place, where do you go from there? What's the next step in terms of, of then transforming that experience? Is there a set process you take people through there? Yeah. So again, this is, this is like, I think where a lot of companies stop where it's like, if we got the feedback, we know exactly what this means. Let's go do it. They're thinking in terms of, this is how we've done it before. I'd like now to interject some innovative thinking. What got you to where you are today might not be the same thing that you need to do that's going to get you to the next level. So this is why the, the last book I wrote, the, the Zero In Formula, is about customer-centric innovation. Let's start with understanding our customers, and now let's use some innovation principles to see what new ideas can we come up with now that we have this customer point of view. So I, I bring in all kinds of different innovative techniques, different brainstorming, facilitated sessions that I'll take them through, um, utilizing, you know, whether it's design thinking or critical thinking or different ways of really getting them to think about what the customer is telling them in ways they haven't thought about before, and then see what new ideas spark out of that. Again, maybe it could be ideas for sales, ideas for marketing, ideas for your product or service itself. Um, let's see what kind of ideas come up uh, on the table here and which ones are the the best ideas to pilot and, and again, learn from. So what, what are some of the best ideas that have come out of that? I mean, can you think of one or two examples that, that would help folks relate to how the process actually works in the real world? Oh yeah. So yeah, you're, you're putting me on the spot here. So I guess uh, there was a, a client I worked with last year. They are uh, a really environmentally conscious brand. And what they do is they work with other environmentally conscious uh, businesses and they help market them. So it was, well, what are these people really looking for from you, right? They, the, this company saw themselves as we purely just want to promote, you know, environmentally conscious and, and, but is that why people are signing up with you? You can amplify their brand, their brand. Uh, maybe you can educate their employees. Maybe you can educate their consumers. So we did a bunch of uh, interviews. We did a bunch of talks with the, these different clients of theirs. And we were able to break it down into, I think, three or four different main reasons why these companies partnered with this environmentally conscious brand. And that completely changed when, once we went through some brainstorming sessions, how they interact with those customers, how they thank those customers, how they engage with those customers, what they do for those customers, how they add value for those customers, all kinds of different ideas uh, came out of those brainstorming sessions. So, so I guess that that's, that's the piece where, where I hope for those who are listening, they, they really kind of see that there's a trail here, but if you, if you keep going after old thinking, you're going to end up with, with old solutions and yeah. you've really got to approach this. It seems like with fresh eyes. Uh, and I would imagine that's really hard to do for people who are inside a company. They, they need almost someone from the outside to come in and 
rattle yeah. the cage a little bit to see it from a different perspective than they're seeing it, maybe to reveal it for them. Yep. Yeah. And, and I always tell people, it's not my ideas, it's theirs and they have them. They're just lying below the surface, right? Typically in our day to day, we handle our customers the same way. We have the same processes. We have our structures, we have our roles, we have our responsibilities. It's like we're locked into this comfort zone of thinking. We're all creative, right? If you look back to our childhood, look at the imaginations we had, look at the stories we made up, look at the games we played with each other. It was exciting. And then we all get lulled into these routines. We all get lulled into rules and structure. And those things are good. You need them. But you also need to unlock that creativity, that innovation as well. So all I'm doing is coming in and saying, you guys have a ton of ideas. They're just laying there below the surface. I'm going to help you unlock them. So when I walk out of there, it's not like, wow, look at those ideas I came up with. It wasn't me at all. I was just the maestro, right? It's look at the ideas you guys came up with. I just helped you, you get them out of your heads. I helped you guys talk through them and figure them out in a way that maybe you never would have. And there you go. Now you're set off with a whole different strategy, some whole new things to test and pilot and a whole new way of looking at your business. Once you've taken them through that, that stage, do you take them all the way through implementation and help them help guide them through that? Uh, it depends on whether they want or, or need my help there. Uh, that, that's a very different engagement for me. I really enjoy the upfront process. I enjoy phase one, talking to your customers and helping you collect all that information. I really enjoy phase two, where we're doing all kinds of innovation and coming up with new ideas. Phase three is a whole different ball of wax. That's more project management now, right? How are we implementing these things? Who needs to do what? I have a master's in project management. I can do that. It's not nearly as fun <laughs> as the first two, though. I'll do it. Uh, I'll help you if you need me to. But most people usually have good project management skills. They know their people. They have roles and responsibilities. I can help if you want me to, but I definitely enjoy the first two parts more than I almost feel like an employee if I come in and do phase three with you and they almost see me as an employee because I'm now on the team helping them implement this stuff. Very different feel than the first two, but I, I've done it and I'll do it in the right circumstances. Yeah. So I understand you're writing a book, um, a new book. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the, the topic and kind of where you're headed with that and what the process has been like so yeah. far. This one's kind of scary for me, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there. It's a very different topic and it's a very different style so my last book the zero in formula actually i got one right here so the zero in formula was your typical how-to business book right and it's nonfiction, and it's hey if you want a customer-centric and innovative company here's a whole bunch of tips and strategies you should implement and here's a bunch of stories of where i've done it before with other companies or here's other companies that have done it that you can learn from much easier to write right this new book is very different. This one is a business fable, nonfiction, but fiction, right? There's going to be all kinds of tips and strategies in it, but told in a fictional story. So learning how to write that is a great challenge that I wanted to take on and, and push myself. The other thing is it's not about customer centricity. It's not about innovation. What I have found over the last four years now is I probably have more people reaching out to me asking about, hey, how did you get started? 
What did you do to start your own business? How did you get started as a consultant? What did, what did you do? How did you write that book? How did you promote that book? How did you? So that's what this book's about. This is a business fable about somebody similar to my position who leaves the corporate world with the desire to start up their own consulting business. And it shows all the ups and downs and challenges that they went through and reveals a bunch of strategies for how to do this if you want to do that yourself. So a big challenge on, on both sides for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we, we help clients write books all the time and, yeah. and uh, you've picked one of the more challenging, if not the most challenging yeah. uh, approaches to writing a business book uh, yeah. because you've, you've, you've got this sort of nonfiction narrative that you want to put into it, but you've got to fit that into a story somehow yeah. and, uh, and have it not sound convoluted. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a real uh, difficult way to write a book, but yeah. it can be very effective as well. Yeah. Some of the, some of my most enjoyable books to have read were some really good, you know, business fables. Like when you think of Patrick Lencioni, I, I love his stuff and, and just what you get out of reading his stories. I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to take on something where I was going to have to learn and grow and push myself and not just be like, well, I've done that before. I'll just put this into the same recipe and do it again. Maybe I should have, but I really wanted to really wanted to push myself on this one. So what, what's been the, the biggest challenge with it so far? Yeah, I would say learning how to show instead of tell. In, in the last book, it was all, I'm telling you. I'm telling you how to be customer centric. I'm telling you how to be innovative. Here's the steps. Here's the strategies. In a fiction book, you want to paint a picture, you want to evoke emotions, you want the reader to feel what the main character is feeling, you want to bring them through some chaos and a journey. And well, you can't do that just by telling them a story, you have to show them by narrative, by describing what's going on and, and learning how to do that is it's been a fun challenge, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And so as you've gone along through that, how much of your real life experience is in it? I mean, are you pulling stories that actually happened and sort of changing the names to, to protect yeah. the guilty, so to speak? Uh, uh, yeah, hundred percent. I, I would say a, a, a very large portion of the book is based on my own experience. Um, I So ob obvious question then is, well, why didn't you just write a memoir type thing? I, I wanted to make it even more compelling. I wanted to have some leeway to embellish things or make things more exciting or more chaotic than, than I had and, and really draw the reader in. So that's where I decided to go with the, the business fable fictional story. But yeah, I mean, a, a very good portion of it is drawn off my own experience. So let's talk about that journey a little bit. Um, you, you've left corporate and started in consulting. Yep. What were some of the first big kind of wake up calls that you were, you know, you got into it and you're like, I wasn't expecting this. And how'd yeah. you overcome them? I was extremely naive. So I, I literally had the idea that I'll just go on LinkedIn. I'll announce to everybody that now I'm a consultant and here's my website. I'll have this website. People will find it when they Google <laughs> consulting. People will see my post on LinkedIn and instantly I'll just have clients knocking at my door. Literally, actually thought that. And after some tumbleweeds and crickets and nobody <laughs> knocking on my door, I realized I knew nothing about networking. I knew nothing about marketing and sales. 
I was in the corporate world as a uh, innovation guy, as a software guy, as a customer uh, centricity guy. I never had to sell or market or, or anything. Suddenly, I had a lot to learn. Um, <laughs> luckily, I do like to challenge myself. I do like um, growing and learning. So I was like, okay, let's dig in and figure this out. And how does this work? So, so what were some of the, the early things that you did to, to get traction? What, what worked for you? Yeah, I, I joined a couple of different networking groups uh, in the area where I'm just going to go get out there, meet people and practice my answer because the in inevitable question you're going to get asked by every single person at a networking event is, so what do you do? Great. I'm going to have, you know, 15 different opportunities at every networking event to practice my elevator speech. And I just wanted to see what reactions I got. And so I tried out different things. I tried out different lines. I tried out describing what I did differently. And I noticed when are people's eyes lighting up? When are people asking, oh, tell me more? And when are people just kind of you know, glossing over and waiting until they talk to the next person. What's, what's resonating here? I saw that as a great learning experience, real time to get real feedback on here's what I do and here's how I, I help companies. So that was huge. And that turned into, boy, I need to update my website because the wording that I'm using that's resonating on network events is not what I'm saying on my website. Got to be much more specific. I got to be much more interesting. I got to be much more unique. Uh, in what I do on the website, that's going to draw people in. And then obviously um, learning when I actually have clients reaching out to me, how do I keep them interested? How do I close that sale? They're probably talking to me and maybe a few other consulting agencies. How do I get them to want to choose me? So that was another learning experience I, I went through. I read a ton of books. I read a ton of articles and blogs on sales and marketing. And again, just tested things out until I found, oh, that seemed to work. That seemed to resonate. What did I do different there? And I just kept honing my skills and, and repeating that. On one hand, I probably just could have hired some sales and marketing people to do it for me. And, and maybe I should have, but I did enjoy the process. Uh, it was stressful at times, but I did enjoy the learning, right? So... Yeah, I, I find it really difficult to to delegate the sales and marketing like that. Everybody wants to say, oh, if I could just hire for it. And you can at a certain stage. Yeah. But I think it's hard in those early days when you haven't completely figured out your messaging, yeah. you haven't completely figured out the right yeah. market and who the targets are. You can bring people in, but they're just going to struggle like you're struggling because yeah. you haven't formulated yeah. those fundamental ideas yet. Yeah. And that's a good point. I think thinking back on it retrospectively, that's probably what stopped me was the fear of what do I even say when these people ask? Well, I better find out. So I just took it upon myself to find out why me? Why am I different? Why am I better? What specific challenge am I solving? Originally, I just built myself as a management consultant. Well, that could mean a million different things, right? That's not nearly specific enough. What types of businesses, what challenges am I helping them solve and why me? Those were things I had to go on a bit of a discovery and, and find out. I, I knew if I brought in somebody, they were going to ask me that and I wouldn't know what to tell them. So that was <laughs> probably, uh, probably what held me back. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, it, it sounds like you've solved it. And I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this kind of hybrid setup that you've got. And uh, for a lot of people, I think that that kind of an approach will give you such great insights. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and and uh, take things that you're, you're doing as your sort of outsourced executive role yeah. into yeah. what you're doing with your clients. Um, it's almost like you've got a little laboratory there to yeah. uh, test new and ideas into I, thinking. I know I'm very uh, lucky or blessed. Not everybody has the opportunity to do that. Uh, Cashflow Tribe, very amenable to working that way with me. Not every company is looking for that or wanting that or would agree mm-hmm. to that. So um, I would, I'd love to advise everybody, hey, just go do this. Go be a fractional uh, senior leader at, at a company for a couple of days a week and do your own. But not everybody has the the ability, right. the opportunity to do that. So, yeah, I think you're right. And, and more and more, I think companies are getting open to that because particularly for smaller companies, they don't always have the need for that kind of senior level talent right. on a full, full-time basis, but they have some need for it. Yeah. Uh, particularly if they're growing. So yep. um, I think we're going to see more and more of it as we go forward. Yeah, it makes sense. So um, first I want to ask, uh, well, two questions around the book. Where can they get the, uh, where can folks listening get the current book? Zero in Formula is available in ebook and paperback on Amazon. And it's available uh, in uh, audiobook on Audible. So um available there. I actually had two books I wrote previous to the zero in formula. I don't really promote them too much. It was more me just, again, trying to learn, Hey, I wonder what it's like to write and publish a book. Did them completely on my own. They're on Amazon as well, but uh, the zero in formula was the one where put it all together, got a real help on editing and graphics and, and, and learned a ton, but yeah, Amazon is the main place where I would sell them. Okay. And then the new book, when, when can folks expect to see that out? Yeah. My, my goal is September of this year, September, 2022. Um, I'm about three quarters of the way through writing the first draft of the manuscript right now, which again, I learned um, in previous books, there's still a ton of work left to do. Just getting to the end of the first draft is, is great. It's a nice milestone, but now there's a ton of editing and, and rewriting to do. Right. So I've given myself till September. Maybe it'll be earlier, but um, I want to be realistic that, hey, this is a brand new challenge. There's probably going to be a ton of editing because I'm taking on a fiction story here. So uh, that's that's my goal. Yeah, that's great. So we'll uh, we'll link to the current book. We'll link to your website and uh, folks can look there for uh, for the new book when it's available. And for the business owner, the entrepreneur who is, beginning to really think about customer experience, where, where can they find you? How can they learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, I would say online, the best place to connect with me would be LinkedIn. That's where I, I, I have my biggest presence. That's where I spend the most of my time connecting with people. I try and post daily about, uh, you know, different strategies and tips. Um, so yeah, look for me on LinkedIn, connect with me. I'm always happy to chat. Very good. Well, Dennis Geelan, thank you for joining me today and sharing a little bit of your wisdom with us. This has been really great. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Steve. Great, great conversation. 
Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.